and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back from... I don't know. It feels like it's been 93 years since we did this. I've lived a whole other lifetime since the last time we've recorded. So <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Um, we yeah. had a fun, a fun thing last weekend and now everything's gone to hell because of a certain other show. Yes. Um, so the title of this episode, Delusional, is very fitting. <laughs> I'm in a state of delusion. Um, and if there are any other Killing Eve fans out there, I feel you. <laughs> this, that was some bullshit. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, feel free to find Dr. T on Twitter and talk to her about I'm it. I'm still grieving. I will be grieving forever over that. Um, good lord. But... But fear not, friends. Take stock in the fact that Laura Neal would hate this episode, which is what fueled me to watch it, just because I knew she'd hate it so much. So, a big, big thank you to Kay Rendell and Aaron Mayher. Mayher? I'm a hot mess. Sorry, guys. But thank you for writing this, because Laura Neal would hate your work, and that's a high compliment. And this was directed by Kamani Ray-Smith. And it's titled Delusional, which is so fucking fitting. It makes me want to cry. Um, anyway, I will do my best to not be a hot mess during this episode, but I make no promises. Send all hate mail to Laura Neal. Okay, so let's get started. <laughs> Should probably put her address in the show notes. <laughs> Arrest Laura Neal. Okay, so this episode very homophobically starts with Alder and the gang and not rail and solo but we'll get there later it's fine so we're back in the warding circle alder's looking great she's at her desk i guess that lives there pouring over documents there's army people everywhere and then tally comes in (laughs) and uh alder informs tally you're on the batan mission because tally is lucky and also alder got the location of where nick is actually chilling thanks to the bad biddy that Tally windstriked in the last episode. And all was like, listen, I know you're like 18 or whatever, but I need your unit. <laughs> this, this mission makes no sense to me. But whatever. She's like, listen, I need all my best 18-year-olds on this. You have the best sight, so I need you to see Nekta and find her. And also, you have a weird <laughs> connection to her, which we, I guess, like, in the last episode, you see... Nikta, uh, they do that kind of th- cool thing with Tally to Nikta's eyes, and I didn't know if that was supposed to be symbolic or if she's actually seeing through Tally's eyes or something. Like, what is going on? Does she have a, a scry mounted on her wall with Tally vision? <laughs> she does. I think it's Nikta. I. I th- I think when Callie interrupted the connection or whatever with the biddy, like she saw Nikta through the biddy and Nikta saw mm-hmm. her back because when they have their conversation later in this episode, Nikta seems to know her. So I think something happened there where like it was a two way mirror where they kind of saw each other um, magically somehow. Cause uh, yeah, I think Nikta gets a little insight into Tally 
through this. I'll get into that later and maybe I'll be coherent about it. But I think there's some kind of two-way magic happening there. And that's what that was supposed to like show the audience. Yes. So Tally's like, cool. What a dangerous mission to send an 18-year-old on. Great. I'll agree, Alder, only if I can have my unit with me because this is fucking dangerous. <laughs> and Alder at first is like, ugh, I don't know about this. But Tally wears her down. And Alder's like, yeah, all right, fine. You can take my precious witch bomb if you want. Because the goal here is to eliminate Nicta. And there's a very heated stare there because Tally's like, really? It's like, in Tally's mind, she's like, you're just trying to erase her forever. That's what this is. And Alder doesn't give her too long to dwell. And she's like, listen, is this going to be a problem, cadet? Like, basically, like, reframing it. Like, we're not besties. We're not connected. You're still my little subject and have to do what I say. And Tally just like growls, no general, it's fine. I can see over the fact that you, uh, I saved your life and we're back to this dynamic. Great. And all there's like, yeah, great, cool. Carry on, cadet, get out of here. And Tally leaves in a huff and exits the warding circle. We like hard cut to her entering her room in the segment bar- barracks. And Tally gets like zero privacy because like Petra's <laughs> chilling in the back. <laughs> How long was she there? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, she probably like went through Abigail's stuff and like made herself busy. But like, yeah, Petra's (laughs) just hanging out at the desk and is like, surprise, bitch. I know about this homophobic mission to eliminate Nekta. And judging by your huffing and puffing, I think you have feelings about this. And for some reason, Tally's very candid with Petra, which is so weird and out of nowhere, (laughs) but sure. And she's like, listen, I think this is wrong. And Alder's doing all this for her own personal gain so she can win public support by announcing the death of the Spree founder as her way of winning over America because we've been so bad with uh, the Spree. And by doing that, she's like erasing her tarnished past and like no one's going to know the real truth about what happened here and Alder's involvement. And that's like the thing that really nags at Tally, Tally the truth seeker. And Petra's like nodding. Like Petra's, it's clear in this conversation that like, being the head of intelligence, even Petra didn't really know the extent of all of this or like all the details, which must suck for Petra because, you know, you know, being head of intelligence. But she's like, all right, little little tallyling, tell me everything, um, because you pressed me about this martyrdom when I was trying to have brunch with you guys. And how weird that now you're suddenly being ordered to take out the person in that story. So tell me all about this. I get the sense there's a bigger, bigger story here. And Tally um, is like, there's no point. Like, the truth's never going to get out. Like, Alder's going to get her way. Like, she always does. Miss War Crime Alder is just going to keep on fucking shit up. And Petra's very calm. She's like, no, have faith, girl. Um, And then hands her the silencer. Because she's like, listen, Nick is dangerous. Take this with you. My daughter's going to be there. I don't want anything bad to happen. Just take this so you guys can get back safely. And Tally's like, why are you handing me a silencer if the mission is to kill her. Um, And Petra's like, listen, bitch, you work for me now and I'm changing the objective. (laughs) You bring, you bring that hottie. I mean, the asset back alive. Cause, um, (laughs) it hurts to say. (laughs) Ariel was the asset. (laughs) Sorry, Nick. She's like, 
you're not alone in wanting the truth to come out. And like, here's like Petra essentially capitalizing on the fact that there is an Alder scandal. And if she can bring the Alder scandal to life, then Petra can be in a position to like oust Alder and finally be in charge, which is what her whole goal is here. And so they're forming an uneasy partnership here, Tally and Petra. Um, and after that's settled and Tally seems to be like, uh, okay, I'll do what you want. Because she doesn't want to kill Nicta, really. She thinks it's wrong. And Petra's like, well, I'm a commanding officer and I'm giving you my version of th- of this mission. Why don't you just come with me? And Tally's like, yeah, okay, because I'd rather not kill Nicta. So they're like, great, we agree. Petra's like, tell me everything you know about Nicta. And then it rudely cuts away. Yeah, because... You know, I think don't do we we know everything that Tally knows, though, so it was just be. Yeah, I mean, but I want to hear it again. I don't. OK, OK, I got you, girl. Uh, <laughs> I'm sad <laughs> from from that hot mess of a scared. Frickin Petra sitting in the dark waiting to scare Tally. We get. Abigail and Adil at the spree house sitting around with some candles. Like, did they need mood lighting? They did. What the hell's going like? I don't know. Their scenes were so random in this house. <laughs> They're having like a little, a little r- spa day with the candles or something. But as they're uh, sitting there, um, <clears throat> Who should come out but Scylla, Big Witch Energy, Ramsorn. With an empty glass, and she goes right to the sink and starts to refill it with water. And that's when Adil is like, I'm gonna go take a shower. And Abigail decides that it's time to uh, have a little talk with Scylla. Which spawns one of my favorite scenes. Because Scylla walks right up to Abigail and is like, um, do you mind? Rail's thirsty. And then Abigail just ignores all of that. It is like, so what do you think's going to happen? You're the big hero. So she's just going to forget what you are. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, yeah. that's how lesbians I, work. I've, I've already forgotten. <laughs> words for rail <laughs> but yes <laughs> let it go let it go yeah so also <laughs> rails thirsty like <laughs> the innuendo i love it i know it is <laughs> so I say, Fuck this i don't want to hear any more of your gay nonsense <laughs> <laughs> did did anyone think of that innuendo on set is what i want to know i hope so I hope so too. But Abigail ignores that. And when, like I said, but when she says, so she just forgets what you are. uh, Scylla's line back is, so I'm a what now, Abigail? And this, this exchange has always kind of puzzled me. A little bit. I don't know. It just seems out of place or out of sorts i don't know maybe it's just me i don't i don't know i mean like it's weird that abigail would even as an insult call scylla a hero so maybe she's like what are you talking about like and i think it's abigail project again because rail gets into it in the cabin but like it's abigail projecting the fact that she wasn't the hero Mm -hmm. because she was like in the camarilla thing 
where rail was by happenstance but like Scylla was purposely there for rail so i think it's her being like oh you're the hero like it's a little bit of jealousy like yeah because Scylla was the hero and so i think abigail's bad she's like well fuck like you know uh, yeah know. this person and <clears throat> what you are i'm gonna say she's alluding to her being a terrorist slash murderer yeah so, that's it that's what i mean yeah i think it's like ugh, she's framed her and, as a terrorist and then it's like but you're also like be heroic i bad but Scylla's reply of so i'm a what now yeah i think she's trying to like be like make up your mind what am i like just say it say what you want to say uh basically Scylla has no time for abigail's bullshit is what it comes down to no she shouldn't yeah, so she tries to walk past her, but she gets stopped by Abigail putting a hand on her arm and saying she needs to rest. And that's when Raelle, who's probably heard this whole thing, walks out there and tells Abigail to back off. Because she and Scylla have stuff to deal with, and I'm like, yeah, because Raelle's thirsty. But, hey, whatever. She is. Yeah, so. The thirst is real. <laughs> Abigail kind of acquiesces. She tells Rael, yell if you need me. I'll be right next door. Gives Scylla the eyes of, I'll beat your ass if you try anything. <sighs> okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> you have no big witch energy here, Abigail. Just let it go. No. Scylla will always beat you. Without trying. She's not even trying. Yeah. She's like, I'm just standing at a kitchen and I'm out big witch energying you so fuck off abigail yeah she literally doesn't even have to say anything no nothing just literally her presence nothing. does mm -hmm. it exactly. i mean if you want to get down to it if you had a face-off between them with work Scylla wouldn't even have to lift a finger or move she could just basically have abigail off herself yep i know Scylla is the biggest witch energy person here so abigail yeah. just can't let that go no of course not because it's Scylla, and she never liked Scylla for one thinks Phil is stupid and number two she's a terrorist and is the opposite of everything Abigail supposed supposed to uphold so yes all of that yeah well Rael walks into the kitchen and Scylla offers her the glass of water very kind of sort of a little bit awkwardly as Rael is passing and she takes it very careful not to touch Scylla's hand and then walks onto the kitchen island and Scylla takes the opposite direction around the island with her hands behind her back in the classic Scylla Ramshorn slash General Alder style of walking. And Rael starts to look at the pictures of herself on the fridge. And I need to interject something here before we continue. Do it. I have a question. And the question segues into my what was somebody doing off screen? Woo. All right. So, my question is, who cleaned up and changed Rail? Oh, Scylla. She's, she's wearing Scylla, I'm assuming, is some of Scylla's clothes. Yeah, like dude. her little sweats. So, um, I definitely think it was it was Scylla who took care of Rail and changed her and cleaned her up. But I, I do think that Abigail probably had a little bit of a, a standoff with her about it for a hot second. Correct. And then Adil was like, um, hey, why don't we just go in here and light some candles so you'll calm down? <laughs> oh. 
Okay, yeah, I'll accept that. <laughs> you saw this a little in the last episode, but I like this extension. What was it Dill doing? <laughs> so let's calm down and have a say Yeah, Dill was like lighting some candles, putting the dimmers on. Kind of calm Abigail <laughs> the fuck down. He's like, I don't yeah. know who these people are, nor do I give a fuck. <laughs> he probably put some, like, sprayed some kind of <laughs> calming room scent in the air. Who knows? Uh, he's he's the pacifist. He's like, stop the violence. <laughs> stop the violence. I will meditate and manifest. Yeah. Um, Smell the candles, Abigail. <laughs> Shut up and smell the candles was yeah. basically that was a what Dill's energy. <laughs> that was a Dill's energy. Well, Scylla was cleaning rail. Was taking care of her woman. Exactly. So that <clears throat> so that was my character doing things off screen. And can we go can back we, to how awkward that glass handoff was? <laughs> oh my god! It was so awkward. Glasses like that. <laughs> I get they're trying to be like, there's still distance between them, but like, who does that? They could have dropped that glass so easily and then been like, cool, now we have to clean this up together. Oh my God, wait a minute. So you know how I pointed out that the glass in like the last episode, when you see the glass, it's a different one? I wonder if they dropped the glass. <laughs> this yeah, is the one they is, had to replace it. This is round two. Yeah. Like, we're getting better at this. <laughs> it's good because I'm thirsty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thirsty. You better get me some water in this glass. And she did. And she did. And then I, I honestly, I felt like we were going to just see the glass shatter and then uh, the scene what a what a metaphor anyway yeah i mean yeah <laughs> missed opportunity uh, exactly missed opportunity hey we could have gone there but uh yeah so rail is looking at the pictures of herself that her mother kept and starts recounting a ritual that she and willa had where they would be thinking of one another at a designated time of day while Willow was um, <clears throat> out and away fighting the spree or whatever. And she says that she would sometimes sing to her. And that's what she was doing the night when her dad came in to tell her that Willow had died. Uh, and by this point, Rael's crying again. Yes. I swear to God, the girl has to be dehydrated 24-7. But I noticed this little tiny uh, detail that kind of got to me this time that I hadn't noticed before. And it was that there's a tear that just goes right into Taylor's mouth as oh, she's no. speaking. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, she was oh, it just it just kind of got me in the feels. But um, Scylla's like, having a lowering her voice and trying to soothe Rael by telling her that Willa loved her so much and it was the hardest thing in her life to keep away from her. But that was the wrong thing to say. Is there any right thing to say in this situation? I don't think so. No. <laughs> so Rael raises her voice and says that her mom let them grieve her death and it destroyed her dad. What was it all for? The spree? And Scylla kind of looks away and 
It's a little bit like, ugh. you know, she could, she's nothing to, really you can say back to that. And it also kind of hits Scylla because at this during this whole scene, Scylla is holding back her own grief about this situation because she knows that Raelle needs to have her feelings and she needs to be there for Raelle. Yeah, that's basically been Scylla's mentality since the end of the last episode. She's like, shove all of my stuff down. This is Raelle grieving hour. Like, let her get her shit out. I'm the support system. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can... (sighs) Amalia does a really... Has that does that really good job that you see her do several times throughout the series of having the tears in her eyes, but not actually crying. Yeah. And that's even more impactful to me. Just that she's kind of holding that back. So we see you girl. Yeah, we see you. Uh, Rail accuses Scylla of knowing that Willa was alive the whole time, but Scylla swears that she didn't know that Willa was her mom until she showed up without Raelle and she tells her that Willow was devastated that Raelle wasn't with her. Um, and the response to that is not devastated enough to reach out. Uh, and I'm like, I'm kind of with you, girl. Um, I would feel the same way. I get it from both sides. And that's the really hard thing about this whole scene and this whole situation is you kind of see it from both sides but also at the same time like damn willa like she said, willa got d- she sent you letters right off from your dad <laughs> she yeah. was reaching out in her way um so Scylla tells her that willa didn't really want to reach out to her because she figured she was safer where she was with the army since the leadership of the spree had been attacked and all looked like everyone in that freaking bar that was a spree leader was killed except for willa who escaped so i i see the point (laughs) like i i don't think i would uh, involve my daughter either if i knew that they were targeting me so uh scylla comes a little closer and says Instead, she gave her life for you. And this whole, uh, with that freaking absolute, it feels like there's tears in her voice and it's really rude. It's just like, can you stop, ma'am? I don't, I don't want to have the feels right now. She will not stop. No, she will not stop. And that's, (laughs) the scene ends with Scylla holding back her own grief. Uh, Rael feeling 35 emotions and then some because there's just no there's no good way to deal with this situation like how do you come to terms with that you can't it's wild you you see your mom who's supposed to be dead for 2.5 seconds (sighs) in the mycelium where you don't know what the fuck's going on because you've been tortured and killed multiple times so I don't even know Like, if I were Raelle at this moment, I wouldn't know what was real and what was not real. No, this is what I fucking hate. It's like, they give, like, she says it later. I don't know if you're going to get to the slide where she's like, well, my mom should have given me that choice. And it's like, Raelle literally never has a choice ever in anything. Mm -hmm. And even this, like, she, it just, I feel bad for Scylla in this position because she's playing the role of, like, basically the punching bag because... 
Raelle should be having this conversation with her mother. Mm-hmm. But the writers are like, no, we can't do that because that would let Raelle process something and we can't have that. So Raelle gets to like get lose her mother twice by thinking she's dead, then seeing her for five seconds in a fever dream and then she dies again. And then Raelle's like, oh shit, that was real. What the fuck? Never gets to deal with any of that. And it's like, like what? Like all the choice was taken away from Rail this whole fucking time. So she has every right to be pissed off about all this. And just how how do you how does one cope with this? It's like it's literal insanity. Like the way they just deny Rail, uh, like processing any of like how does you even pro- like how is this like poor Rail? She's got to be like what the fuck was even real at this point? Like I don't my whole life was a lie. Like. It's ridiculous. I'm going to be honest. If I was Raelle at this point, I would probably be in the corner rocking back and forth and chewing on my hair. Like, yeah, like it makes sense. Like at the end of the last episode, she sees Scylla and she's like, are you real? Like, what is real anymore? What is reality? This is so fucking stupid. And like, there's, there will be no closure for Raelle ever with her mother. And that's what's so frustrating because it's like, that was Raelle's defining character thing was like the trauma with her mother. And she never gets a resolution. Like, spoiler they they kind of talk when like when willa's in the mycelium but it's like that's not willa it's like that's the mycelium like manifestation of her so it's like they will never have closure it's what's so fucking frustrating and it's like being scylla in this position it's like there is nothing you can say to rail because there is nothing it's just like rails just got fucked by everything and just yeah this is so cruel is what it is i hate it she got bu- fucked by everything except the one thing she wanted to get fucked by. She got Avenue F'd is what I'm saying. <laughs> she got Avenue F'd so hard. Yeah. Multiple times. I'm pretty convinced that this whole series is going to end up being Rael's Inception. <laughs> well, that was a wild dream. <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up in Don't some suburban that. house. <laughs> Listen, I have more faith in Elliot to, like, actually end it with something that makes sense rather than be like, well, the Camarilla, they were the good guys all along. And you're like, were you talking to Laura Neal? <laughs> no, like, they don't make it make sense. But, like, this this thing is just, Rael was denied ever having closure ever with her mother. Like, mm-hmm. twice, twice. Like, when she thought she was dead, and then she's like, oh, wait, she's alive. Oh, shit, she's dead for real. Like twice. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Oh my god. I hate it. Thanks. I hate it here. Yeah, I fucking hate it here. <laughs> Welcome to my trauma, everyone. <laughs> Again, direct all hate mail to Lauren Neal. It's all her fault. Yeah. Still <sighs> the punching bag. Yeah. But and she's being such a good punching bag, though. Because like, she is. She's hurt too, you know, and like just lets rail express her feelings like what did it's really an impossible position like for her to be in like this is not her place to like comment on any of this really and i think she's doing the best she can you know mm-hmm. Ugh, it sucks Poor because Stella. not only does she have all of this emotional stuff with rael <clears throat> that is not really her responsibility she's got freaking abigail bellwether <sighs> up her bum seriously um i'm serious like if they don't like come to some kind of agreement in season three, then I'm gonna fire somebody. I don't care. I like Scylla big witch energying. Abigail oh, absolutely. No, she needs to like Abigail needs to, to fucking acknowledge. Yeah, no, everyone needs to acknowledge that Scylla's a hero. So thanks for saying it in a sarcasm, but it's actually real life, Abigail. Nice yeah. 
We'll get to that later, too. Indeed. Ugh! Okay. Emotional trauma? Delusion! <laughs> I'm gonna need to eat 30,000 mini Stroop waffles after this. Nice. And the funny thing is, this is my favorite episode. It's a good, I I mean, it's a great episode. Honestly, it's a lot of fun. I wish I could remember it. <laughs> I'm doing my best. All right. Uh, anything more about their kitchen scene? I forgot where we left off. Um, I, I just, it's one of my favorite scenes with them because they get so, because of how they played it, it was just really perfectly played. It could have been really bad. Oh, yeah. But they've, they kind of, they went at it with this delicacy, but went for all the feels at the same time, if that makes sense. It does. Uh. It does. It's like, well, it's also like they personally have a lot to talk about and mm -hmm. work through. And it's like one thing at a time kind of thing. So I think there's like multiple emotions happening at the same time, but they're having yeah, a conversation. Yeah, 35 feelings and then some. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the dialogue is about Willa. So it's like, yeah. I think it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a lot happening. But are they ever going to get to have those conversations? That's my question. I don't know. That... I think they have to. It's you know have something, whether it's on or off screen, because mm -hmm. that's it better real be life. on screen. It better be on screen. Let us hope. All right. So from that scene, we get we go to the most random scene of the episode. So yeah, like <laughs> this is the whole scene. Adil's in the shower. Abigail's looking through his stuff. She finds his blood necklace and like pensively looks at it then looks at her own medal around her neck. She has some silent introspection about family and the meaning of life and then hops in the shower with a dill and that's the whole scene. That's it. Then from that random scene. <laughs> hey, let me look at, let's have a symbolic jewel. Like our jewelry is again. symbolically together on the bed and I'm going to go symbolically get in the shower with and my boyfriend. Their scenes are so weird, but that's the whole scene. And then we go from there back to the gaze, which is where we want to go and Silla's room. And they're back in their OG positions where rails on the bed. Silla's on that sad little chair and they're, ha they're airing their grievances basically about, them kind of and you have to give all the props to Scylla who like keeps her respectful distance she's got her little feather necklace out so like she's signaling she's hopeful with all these exchanges with Rael despite how fucked up this whole situation is and Rael is getting into her feelings about like her mother and Scylla basically and she says the line the two women I've loved most were terrorists who did awful things and what does that say about me Rael it says you have excellent taste in women. I don't understand the sentence, personally. <laughs> <laughs> because, in real, sometimes women do bad things, and that's okay. That's life, girl. They were just keeping it real. They were not being fake women. That That's a good thing, you know? They were just being who they were, so whatever. Wouldn't it be worse if they were being fake with you? They weren't. They were being who they were, so. Well, to be fair, Scylla was kind of being fake with her for a while there. <laughs> But overall, she was keeping it real. And Scylla agrees with me. And she's like, listen, we had our reasons and we believed in what we were doing. Which, yeah, exactly. And Rael ignores the sentiment. It was just like, past tense, believe. What? Believed? And Scylla yeah, admits. Um, well, tell me about this believed Believed. Thing. 
It's like real. And so admits, well, my priorities have shifted. So yes, believed past tense rail. So sparking the hope potentially with the two of them. And then that's it. Yeah. It's like believed my priorities have shifted. Your mama showed me the way. See, your mom wasn't all bad. She changed course and I changed course with her. So I'm here. Basically, she's like, I'm, I don't know. Part of this is like me. I feel like Scylla in this episode is like, I'm here for you. I obviously still love you. And I want to be in your life. I'm not walking away. I'm not pushing anything. But here I am. Despite Abigail trying to get rid of me. Yeah. Basically. Um, so yeah, we're going to go back to the straights. Um, Dill's having a crisis of conscience, which I don't blame him for since he spent all that time thing being a pacifist and then all of a sudden started to punch and kill people. So he's trying to convince himself that what, what they did was right. Uh, he's not going to sleep. Um, uh, I've, okay. Yeah. I, I don't sleep anyway, so I feel you, bro. But Abigail points out that they saved rail, which, yeah, yeah but no, no. 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 <laughs> you saved those witch kids. I'll give you that. And got, the reason you were there were to get was to get Charvel's vocal cords back. <laughs> it was a personal vendetta. It was not a hero mission. That's what pisses me off so much. The kids even were a side part, yeah. incidental part of what you were doing. That was Willa and Scylla's side quest was to get the kids. Right, right. None of that was Abigail at all. If if Abigail had to have cho- had to make a choice between getting those vocal cords and freeing those kids, uh-huh. it would have right. been the vocal cords. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. She's no hero. This is bullshit. She's gaslighting herself into thinking she's a hero. It Thank you. Me off. Uh, which, thank Christ, not everybody is on the that train of let's not tell Abigail she's an asshole. No. In this her. episode. No offense, Abigail, so, but you need to hear it. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, <sighs> Abigail's pointing out that, oh, they did, they did all this good stuff and these people were never going to stop coming after them. And he doesn't think Kalita's going to see it this way. And I, just, I honestly don't think Abigail really cares about his crisis of conscience. She just wants him to, like, chill out. Yeah. Because he just needs to get used to killing people in, in her mind. Like, does she, I mean, I'm not saying she doesn't have real feelings for him, but she is a person who has a lot of trouble with empathy. It's just new territory for her, to be fair. Yes, it's new territory. She's never had to, I don't, she's never had a serious relationship. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the only relationship she had that was, like, had any kind of emotion in it was Charvel. That's why she's taking the Charvel stuff so hard. So, like, a romantic relationship is foreign territory for her on on every front. And she's, like, you know, she doesn't know how to deal with it yet. She's working on it. So you can still see in these moments she's very, like... It's all about Abigail. Like you need to conform to be all about Abigail's mission. It's not about Adil's feelings really so much in like the partner kind of way. 
So yeah. She's learning. Well, she's she's learning, you know. That's how she that's how she grew up. Was exactly. like it's about right. the bellwether mission and that's right. it. Exactly. So we can see that she still has a long way to go. Yeah, she's bad at relationships. Just give her a a hot ten years. Yeah, she'll get there. She's and some therapy. Learn. She'll learn the hard way. Yeah, hopefully before Adil says adios, but whatevs. So yeah. She get she kind of hugs the arm and is like, well, no matter what, we have each other, which is also passing over the whole point of him being like, well, my sister's going to be mad at me. It's not about that you having him and him having you, Abigail. It's about the fact that he might lose his sister. Who's his boss. <laughs> his boss is only a- like living relative that we know of. <laughs> Uh, Dill is Kalita's bitch. Never forget that. Yeah. He's like, so, yeah. <laughs> I might lose my job. <laughs> but yeah, for real. It's funny. This whole episode, I just want to shake her and be like, it's not about you, hon. I know. <sighs> All right. We're going back to the gays because we're going to go back to Scylla. Scylla stating her case about her change of priorities. So it's not about fighting conscription anymore or liberation at any cost, proving a point by taking innocent lives. And then she, she like zones in with the money shot of very sincere. It's like this layer of intensity with a, an undercurrent of anger when she says the people that took you and did what they did to you are the only enemy that matters. So basically I don't give an F about anything else, but like all of that is pushed, put to the side because we have a bigger, we have a bigger fish to fry and that bitch ass dude that killed you a couple of however many times is about to get, you know what he deserves and all of his other witch hating buddies. Yeah. So, Grail's Grail's answer to this, she's like, takes this on board, but she just looks so tired. Like, how much sleep did she get after being dead five times? Like, none. (sighs) She never gets to sleep. Yeah. So... She kind of passes passes over that whole thing where I'm like over here. I've got chills from Scylla's speech and Rail's like, you got any spree food in that spree kitchen? I'm like, <laughs> uh, she's like, I don't want to deal with this on an empty stomach anymore. Uh, stomach kind of growling and go get me a sandwich. That I won't touch and I won't touch your hand when you hand me the plate. Yeah, let's be weird about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to go back to the Isadora mention at the beginning. Right. Right. What? Wait, hold on. Wait, isn't that this line? Did no, we get there yet? that's no, we haven't gotten there yet. Damn. My bad. I thought it was at the be- very beginning when they were in here. Anyway, continue. Uh right now we're still on the the spree food because they're they're eating potato chips in the sand and well, anyway, moving on. So <clears throat> they're we're almost there. Gotcha. Because Scylla smiles and it's like it relieves the tension. Her little, her little funny line about the spree kitchen. And so we cut to uh, later on and the positions have changed. Rail's still in the same spot, but Scylla has ventured closer and is now on the bed at the opposite end. 
with her legs stretched out and a, a throw over her. And she's got a bag of very prop looking potato chips. It's <laughs> like cut open perfectly. And she kind of shoves her hand in there every once in a while, but doesn't do anything with it. And she's, this is where your line is, where she starts off by talking about how funny she thinks it is that Isadora spent all that time yearning for the mycelium connection. But uh, Rael was the one that it chose to hook up with. And I can only think about Stella being her favorite student. Yes. And I can only think of what Isadora is doing off screen because. Hell yeah. What she's doing is weeping in the lab every day because <laughs> she will she will never be over the fact that the mycelium didn't choose her. So I think she goes in that room every night and just like whips out her most dramatic monologues and just like cries in front of the mycelium and like does this like as a ritual. And like the necromanians have a name for it. They call it sad shroom hours. And like <laughs> I feel for you, girl. I feel for you. And like, it's the delusionalness. And I love you. That's that's what Isadora does off screen now. She's she will never be over this betrayal of the mycelium and does her sad shroom hours. I feel like the consciousness within the mycelium just kind of sighs heavily and rolls, the, and rolls its eyes. It's like, again, she'll never be over it. Let her grieve. No. It's like you wanted it too badly, Isadora. She just. She deserved it. It's just, it's not fair, Isadora. I get you. I get you. She's very sad. It's, she was disappointed. It's understandable. All the signs were there, Isadora. It chose Rail, who doesn't want any of this. Yeah, that's why it chose her, Isadora. <laughs> Isadora can't, is not being rational. She can't understand that. Just let her grieve. Plus, Isadora is not 18 and, you know, the prime candidate to go on dangerous missions. Yeah, no, sorry, Isadora. Maybe if you were 18, <laughs> you'd be chosen for these things. Maybe if you were 18 and not having to learn 50,000 other professional like jobs, like mechanical engineering to please Alder's needs. Jesus fucking Christ, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I get why she's upset. Yeah, for real. So that's what Isadora does off screen. She does sad shroom hours with the mycelium. I also like to point out that this entire time, the sandwich that Scylla supposedly made for and brought to Rael is not being eaten, but pulled apart <laughs> piece by piece. No one's hungry. They're in their fields. Yeah. It's the like, sandwich um, was an excuse to bond. That's all it was. Yeah. It was an excuse to get her on the bed because she's right. thirsty, actually. Rael's still thirsty. That water did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it wasn't water she needed. No. Anyway. Or a sandwich. Um, or a sandwich. I kind of want to know what kind of sandwich it was. I bet it was peanut butter. But it's hey, probably just bread. <laughs> so it's like, we got food. <laughs> we have so mushrooms. Like, here's a mustard, here's so a mustard and, and mushroom mushrooms sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> right, exactly. Rael's like, oh, I haven't had one of these since I was a kid. Yeah. So it's probably nostalgic for Rael. He's like, aww. Mama's cooking. Yeah. And it comes and back up later on. It's <laughs> like good grief. Man, I wish I had a mushroom sandwich about now. All right. <laughs> Isadora throws at the mycelium during sad shroom hours. Like <laughs> 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 pulls apart a sandwich. It, was, it makes it sound like the mycelium's a pigeon, like a giant mushroom pigeon. She's hungry. She's just mad and like a toddler tossing things. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Isadora. Uh, and the mycelium consciousness is just like really. 
She's like, I'm glad I didn't choose her. <laughs> Confirming my choice was correct, ma'am. Exactly. Man. But the I think the worst part about it is that the mushrooms in the sandwich are going to be burnt because every time we see Willow cooking mushrooms, she burns them. No, she, like, she doesn't even know how to cook them. That's like the <laughs> weird part. It's always burning in the pan. Always. <laughs> They don't Burn teach them Mac in the army. It's obvious. I get it. <laughs> the collar specialty. Yeah. Burnt mushrooms. But anyway, so that's what they're eating for sure. Yeah. That's all that's in the kitchen. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. Just containers of different kinds of mushrooms. Um. <clears throat> so Rail feels like, wishes that she didn't feel like she was Carrying this alone, meaning the mycelium's power and the witch bomb being the witch bomb. Yeah. And Scylla points out, like, how are you alone? Uh, you have Abigail and Tally. You're always going to be sisters. You, um, you guys are a force. And Scylla, you are way too nice about Abigail. I do love the way she, like, doesn't put herself in that narrative. Yes. She's it's it's I love that because that's again it's Scylla being the just the support system that's it she like completely took her own intentions out of this and was like no you're not alone no matter what like no matter how you feel about me like you have these other people kind of thing yeah. it was very big of her it speaks to her character it truly. was I love it that and the fact that I think um part of the reason that she never really <clears throat> snaps back at Abigail is because she you know realizes and understands that this is Rael's sister and that she can't you know, make her like she would never want to cause more tension than than is necessary because that would affect Rael negatively. So yeah, and honestly, like that, I mean, Rael. The reality of the situation is Rael's still in the army. Like that is her support system, regardless mm-hmm. of how any of this goes between her and you know Rael, like still in Rael. Meaning that is Rael's only support system. So. I think that Scylla's like, you need to be reminded of that. You have these people that are going to support you through all this army stuff you're doing. Like, you know, so again, it's her purposely taking herself out of this narrative. And it's, it's really big of her to do that. So uh, this is the point at which I'm going to just state plainly that the person in this entire, I I don't care if you think she's subtle or not, but the person with the brain cell is Scylla Ramsorn. (laughs) Yes, correct. She has the brain cell this whole episode. (sighs) <sighs> the whole time she has the brain cell so after right after they have this exchange it's interrupted by the sound of a helicopter arriving which signals that tally's coming and Rael leans forward and tells Scylla that she should make herself scarce but Scylla in her very chivalrous and also hopeful way says that she's not going to walk away from her again. Which, okay. Like, Scylla, who who wrote this line? Because she didn't walk away from Rael. Scylla was, like, taken apart from her by these missions they Mm -hmm. were on and then actively went out of her way to save Rael, and Rael's the one that chose to walk away from her. So, like, this line deserves a Laura Neal Award for homophobia because it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Scylla didn't walk away from Rael. Like, it was the other way around. I don't know why she says this line. It's very weird to me. It doesn't make sense in the and logic also, department. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense later either. 
This line is so weird and like, I don't get it. I don't get it. The only thing I can even come up with to explain this line is that she's using it to just straight up tell Rael I'm here and I'm not going anywhere, but that doesn't make any goddamn sense because like, again, it's the the again that doesn't, yeah, it's like, I'm not walking away from you. Like period would have made sense, but like, Again, there is no like, where, where's the first time could <laughs> the- have gone back at some point, but the, I mean, she didn't. That's not walking away from her. I don't that's understand I, it either. Sense. Rail walked away from her in the dungeon, so like it's like Scylla's like putting herself and like like listen, I'm in the I'm I'm the most in the wrong here. When it's like you're not like there was kind of like you did bad things, but then like Rail made a choice. Like it's like no sweetheart doesn't make sense no but i think she's also just trying to get trying her hardest to get back on rail's good side yeah it's just who wrote this this line gets the homophobia award because there is no again like rail like still a sweetheart you're there is no again Scylla's just throwing herself under the bus this whole episode right right exactly it's the self-deprecation she doesn't deserve to be here well i kind of get that like I have those kinds of, I would feel that way to some extent in Scylla's position, but yeah. Where's the again? <laughs> it doesn't, where's the again, guys? Who wrote this? Uh, whatever. Whatever. Anyway. At least so- they're talking. At least they're talking and in the same room. Right. So apparently Scylla's ever walking away from Braille. Uh, uh, imaginary second time and that's wonderful so at that moment the bat we heard overhead lands and like who who is there but tally on the super secret 18 year old mission to come get her <laughs> unit so they can go get nectar <laughs> everything about this is a hot mess i love it anyway so tally arrives at the spree house and then the unit sees her they have a group hug it's very sweet and tally's like listen here's the deal like there's a transport for the witch kids and Adil. You guys are going to go do that. And then the unit, we're going to go do this super dangerous mission that she doesn't get into the details of. She's like, change of plans. We're doing something else. And then Tally notices Scylla. And Tally's like, wait, this was not on the dossier. What the fuck is this? <laughs> and Rachel's like, yeah, lots, lots has changed, girl. We got we to gotta fill you in. I feel like Tally expects Petra to pop out from any direction and be like, surprise! Anyway, this whole day is getting weirder and weirder for Portali, and I guess they kind of have a slight chat and like change into their army uniform, and so everyone's in like military ready to go uniform except Scylla, who clearly went into her wardrobe and was like, "What are the <laughs> gayest things in my wardrobe? Let me put them all on at once." <laughs> because Scylla's mission, she's like Nikta, whatever. My mission is to look cute for Rail, and she nailed it. She won the mission. She wipes out a beanie that matches her eyes, a bandana, which hurts, like cuffed jeans. It's just the gayest. And that's what she did. She's like, if I'm going to fight, I'm going to look cute like Buffy well, Vampire Slayer. Can we talk about how those hiking boots are not real hiking boots? They're like fashion hiking boots. Again, why would Scylla have actual hiking boots that her <laughs> was impractical always? <laughs> But also, I would like to take this opportunity to say that I think it's hilarious that this was uh, Amalia's least favorite Scylla outfit. <laughs> it's, the, it's 
the gayest. But that's her mission. Her she's like Nick to who. I am here. Rail's right there. Her whole point was she didn't think it was very Scylla, and I was like, girl, no, it it's the it's. I mean, it, that woodland Scylla, I guess, doesn't make sense, but. Why did she have those clothes then? Is this Justine's in the meeting room and everyone was like, no, that's like one of our, that's like our favorite outfit. And she's like, I guess I need to rethink this. And we're like, yeah, you do. Cause that bandana is gay as hell. The denim. The bandana. The bandana needs to make a reappearance. As long as it's not in a mugshot. I'll be, I'll be fine. No, God, no, no. Sorry. That one triggers me. It's Lorraine's fault. Okay, so anyway, so she looks the gayest because her mission is getting Rael while everybody else is trying to get Nick to. So that's where mm-hmm. Scylla's at. Mm-hmm. And they're in the kitchen, like, I don't know what they're doing. It's getting ready or whatever. And Abigail's lamenting about her mom going off the books and become a, a revolutionary because, like, I guess Tally filled them in on what the fuck's happening. And Rail comments, well, like, that's what the army needs. And it's like, girl, this is literally, literally what your mother and Scylla were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, please process this. Like, please process it. It's women believing in stuff and behaving badly. It's fine, Rail. It's totally fine. Get over it. So surprisingly, Tally agrees with the statement. She's like, yep, we need more revolutionaries. Because I think that's how kind of Tally sees herself in the, special, in the, big, in the big scheme of things. And everyone's getting up against Abigail, so she just switches the conversation topic. She's like, whatever. Um, what do we know about Nikta? Let's, like, focus. <laughs> Get off of disagreeing with me. And Scylla tries to weigh in with her expertise, but Abigail shuts that shit down. And she's like, listen, um, gay girl, you're not a part of this. And, like, fuck off, Abigail. Um, and Scylla stares her down with all her big witch energy, and Abigail takes a step back because Scylla is a queen. And she's like, listen, are you going to be so stubborn that you're going to ignore the one person that has a chance of helping you? And like, okay, like, okay, like, what the actual fuck is this mission, really? Because Alder, like, Alder is just going to throw these three at Nikta, like the one person in the world who got super close to killing Alder in a warding circle. And is like, hey, 18 year olds, here you go. And like, go get Nikta. And she's what, hoping for the best, like? Come on now. This whole mission is just like an act of desperation. It was either designed to actually get Nikta. Like, best case scenario, they kill Nikta. Great. Or, like, the unit and Tally gets killed. And then, like, either way, Alder's, like, truth goes away forever. So it's, like, such a weird, fucked up mission if you really think about it. Like, Alder was just drunk on her whiskey and gambling when she came up with this one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I gambling. Like, with good, the biddies. Gambling with grief. the biddies. Like, what risk had gone wrong was this mission? It's so <laughs> absurd when you think about it. Like, who wrote this? But anyway, so Abigail's, like, can't take this Scylla being right thing lying down. So she tries to compose herself and be the leader. And she's like, listen, we are going against the founder of the Spree. And Scylla is Spree. Is this not a conflict of interest? And then Rael steps in. And just, like, truth bomb after truth bomb. Like, Scylla had my back in the lab, which, yes, let us not forget, Scylla saved everyone's ass in that lab, including you, Abigail. I was actually there to get rail and did, so mission accomplished. And two, Scylla actually knows spree work and we don't. And ding, another perk from befriending dangerous women rail. Just saying. And Abigail sits with the truth for like a second and then tries to turn to Tally to like 
be like, no, you're on my side. Like, come on. And Tally turns it down. She's like, listen, girl, I don't love this either. But the math is just mathing here. And it makes sense to bring Scylla. Scylla has insight we don't have and we don't want to die, right? Let's bring her. Because Alder didn't think of this. Like, we need to, obviously. And Abigail turns to Tally and he's like, girl, what the fuck? Like, you turned her in. And Scylla is silently in the corner being like, a two, Tally, a two. <laughs> so put a pin in that. So things that need to be addressed in season three. And Tally just, like, continues. She's like, yeah, but, like, yesterday she saved Rael's life. Like, that, those are facts, Abigail. Like, that's all the proof I need. Like, people can change. And, like, yes, queen, they do. I only wish people and writers can see that. But here we are. And Rael seals the deal with Abigail's bullshit being like, listen, we need her. Just shut up and accept it. And Abigail is obviously not going to win this. And so in her desperation, like turns up the big witch energy as much as she can and stalks up to Scylla and is like, listen, girl, obviously you're coming with us now. I'm outnumbered. But first wrong move and I end you, Necro. And Scylla doesn't even flinch. She just like takes this and is like, <laughs> uh, sure, girl, whatever. And she's like, because why would she? She has all the big witch energy. Abigail knows this. This is all for show. She's like peacocking for no reason. And, and Scylla's like, yeah, whatever. Okay, sure. But say what say what you need to say to sleep at night. But just know I could kill you without even saying anything. But okay. But I won't, because then Rael would never forgive me. I feel like she's almost trying not to laugh. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like, like yeah, okay, girl. Sure. We all know who's got the power here, and it ain't you. Yeah. Yep, love to see it. Damn. But Scylla has the brains out. She's like, I'm not even going to argue with you, because I'm- It's not I, worth it. My like, mission is to be cute for Rael, and I'm not going to fight yeah. with you. <laughs> I'm not going to fight with you. You're not stupid. You're stupid. You're making yourself look bad right now. I have to think about my, I'm going to let you make yourself look like an asshole. And because that's. (laughs) You do that all on your own. Spectacularly. Go for it. It's going to make me look even better. Right. And it's going to further my mission to get Rayo back. So. Look at my jeans. Look at my jeans. Look at these boots. Look at this bandana. It's going to happen. My beanie matches my eyes. It does. I mean, hi. It does. I'm still a big witch energy ramsorn. She's just winning all over the place. Yes. (laughs) I'm here for it. And she's also planning her next move. So, which is about to happen because (laughs) they get in the bat and I want to know how, how far is this? How far is this cabin? It can't know. be that far. That's what I'm saying. Like, Nicta had to be nearby to attack Alder. So she has to be close to Fort Salem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Like, where, where, how far away was this actual cat? Like, I feel like they could have taken a bus to get there. But they're like, no, helicopter, because that's subtle. And Nicta will never hear that coming. Jesus Christ. I'm going to nitpick the forest here. I fucking love the forest that they're going into. But it's quite obviously... Canada. Western Canada. <laughs> it <laughs> not, is not Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> facts. These are facts. These are facts. These are facts. So just want to, that's my little nitpick. I mean, they couldn't do anything about that. So. No, they were in Canada. <laughs> they can't they be like, Damn. <laughs> Let's import some Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> so they're in the bat on the way to the, the forest and Scylla breaks out her smooth move on Rael uh, with because that's who she's sitting next to. Right, this is and her mission. She, this is her mission. So she grazes Rail's pinky with hers. Because <laughs> that's not gay at all. 
And <laughs> Rail just kind of looks at her out of her periphery. It was like, okay. I see, I see what's going on here. And Abigail's sitting across from them, so she sees all of this. And her face just says, not in front of my salad. Yes, literally. <laughs> I'm going to throw you out of this helicopter, is what that yeah. said. What did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> stop trying to get, stop trying to get in her gloves. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you really want to get real, <laughs> this is this is way more um, flirtatious than it might seem if two yes. queer ladies are grazing hands. But. It's basically sex. So Abigail's like, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> exactly. We're on a mission. So like, I was like, I'm is- definitely on a mission and I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. My missions, mission so. is right here next to me. I don't like. Nick to who? <laughs> I've never met this woman. <laughs> so it's like, okay, fine. Um, You do you. We've got Tally over here on the side. She's not paying attention to anything. No, She's nothing. just <laughs> staring out the back. <laughs> not a goddamn thing. Nope. She's um, a Nickelodeon. She's like, Nick. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Nick. Well, I, I think Rael's like trying to ignore what's going on be, but she, because she knows that she can't resist Scylla for very long. I mean, facts. look, look at her. But uh, so they land and they get out of the bat and walk into the woods. And the this is when we're reminded that there are more people than the 18 year olds on this mission, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there are three, three other soldiers on this mission. We don't know anything about them, but one of them steps to the front and, and reminds them that Nikta is going to throw all sorts of off cannon work their way mm. and tells the cadets to stay behind them. And when those soldiers walk off, Abigail turns around and is because she's been getting big witch energy blocked by Scylla all episode has to throw out her sassy as hell gloating about how uh, who are the ones that face the Camarilla in one? Um, Scylla. The answer is Scylla, Scylla to this question. Scylla Ramshorn. It's Scylla Ramshorn. <laughs> That's why I don't understand any of her boasting in this episode. It makes no sense of, like, the answer is Scylla. And, like, good on Scylla for, like, not saying anything. Because she she could so easily be like, me. The answer is me. That's why you had to bring me. But she's so fucking humble and doesn't play into Abigail's bullshit that she's like, whatever, Abigail. Yeah, they, Abigail had, a, like, answer is one here. triumph to get the vocal cords back. But she would have been dead because she would have gone in that room and the witch plague would have gotten her too also adil saved her ass it wasn't even just abigail like it's such ridiculous she is so ridiculous this episode i love abigail but she is on some bullshit this episode she is she's drinking the bellwether (laughs) kool-aid she is delusional the only person who's not delusional in this episode is scylla quite honestly yeah i feel like she has the Petra. brain cell. Everyone else is delusional as fuck. Like, <laughs> Petra is just on her, like, we're going to get rid of Alder. Alder's like, yes, I'm sending 18-year-olds to get Nicta. Go for yourself, Alder. What the hell? And if this is so important. And then Tally's like, yes, I'm going to send the truth to the world. And Rail, I don't know, Rail is just out of it. So I can't even say she's delusional. Yeah. But, like, Scylla's the only one with the brain cell who's like, I'm not even on this mission. I don't even give a fuck about this mission. But I have more sense when it comes to this mission than any of you. It's ridiculous. Clean name episodes, I'm saying. Exactly. So 
Abigail walks off and Raelle kind of says under her breath that that's the Abigail Bellwether we know and love. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's back. Season one, Abigail is back for some reason. I know. And We've regressed. She's, she's like spraying her freaking Bellwether juice all over the place, which Nasty. is disgusting. But, <clears throat> ugh. Okay, so despite them telling the cadets to stay behind them, Tally's up front because she's the knower. I guess right. the only knower. They couldn't send another one. I know. It's, it's <laughs> she's the one that like f- is fucking inside Nicta's head, so she's up front. She's our best 18-year-old. We have to send her up first. <laughs> so they're walking along. Tally's looking out for whatever Tally looks out for, and some bats swoop down and screech at them with this altered tone that I've never heard come out of a bat. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I mean, I've I've been around a lot of bats in my life, and I've never heard one that sounded like that. So I guess Nikta has some batty magic. Jeez. But Tally says, "I hate bats." And I'm like, "Why? They're cute as hell. I love bats." But. uh so at the back of the pack here, we've got Raelle who listened to Madam Soldier and stayed at stayed behind. And she kind of trails off and is walking slower. And even Scylla uh, walks on in front of her. And I'm like, girl, your mission's re- stopping. So she sees in the middle of the forest, a recliner, a lamp and a table with an ashtray on it. <clears throat> And it's just all sitting there. It's well-worn stuff, you know, looking super sessiony, I guess. And we go straight into Rail's delusion of being ho- at home, and you've got country music playing on the radio. Her mom says that dinner's almost ready, so Will is cooking mushrooms. Can we pause? Mushroom sandwiches. Yeah. And say how wonderful it is that Nikta knew this about Mama Collar. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in your dream because Mama Collar's mushroom burnings on the stove are so like well known and ubiquitous in this world that like everybody knows about this. It's like the one memory of Willa everybody has. I love it so much. It was like, was it the one memory or does the person's brain? Listen, my clown ass likes to think that Nick didn't do this. And it's like, okay. I need to make this dream believable for real. So we're going <laughs> to throw this detail I know about Willa in this dream. I love it. Um, so we have mushroom sandwiches for dinner. Uh, Edwin tells Rail to help set the table. And because uh, they're going to have a nice family dinner. It'll be a good memory to take with you. So I'm guessing that this is a Willa is deploying again situation. And Willa starts to get a bit harsh and says, it's like, you guys think I'm thinking about you when I'm in a war zone? How selfish can you be? So we see that Rail's greatest fear is her mom not like turning on, is her mom turning on them and not liking her and being like, hateful and whatnot so the phone rings that's the phone on the wall rings you know one of those novelty corded phones from back in the 90s 
And Willa tells Rail not to answer it, but Rail does anyway. And it's Scylla on the other end of the line who's trying to yell at her that this isn't real. But that conversation gets, or that Scylla gets cut off when Willa pulls the receiver cord out of the phone and says, I said, don't answer it. And Edwin's just standing there with a bottle of wine in his hand. Cause that's what goes with mushroom sandwiches. Just, just as like innocently going, well, I never stopped thinking about you, Willa. And Willa says, and I never stopped thinking about you. And then wind strikes the hell out of him. I love this scene. It gives me killing you vibes so much. Cause it's like, I love you. <laughs> and then violence immediately. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank it's you, like writers. I love you when I love you too. When strike, Violence. you're dead. Rael starts crying and goes over and tries to heal Papa Collar, but Willa says, "I thought marrying your dad was the worst thing that was the thing that ruined my life, but really it was you." <laughs> so we get to the the crux of Rael's delusion because Willa's all of a sudden coming across the room real fast with a chef's knife. And we hear Scylla's voice come over the radio as like a radio request. Scylla Ramsorn, what's your pleasure? <laughs> like this is the this is the most like innuendos I, I ever. <laughs> freaking love this scene so much. So <laughs> immediately Scylla starts yelling, you know, this isn't real. We're on a raid. Remember that this isn't real. And instead. Rail's kind of wrapped up in the fact that her mom's trying to slit her throat with this chef's knife. And you see, she starts to cut her throat, and then suddenly we're outside of Rail's head with Scylla. Uh, we see him from see them from above, and Scylla's like screaming her name and trying to pry Rail's hand away from her own neck, which is holding her combat knife. So she's out of the delusion. She's breathing hard and she sits up. Scylla brushes some hair away from her face and takes care of her because that's what Scylla does. And that's just who she is. And also the fact that she gets to actually touch her ale. So happy. Happy. Even though Rael just tried to slit her own throat. So Rael asks, what was that? And Scylla tells her that it was Nicta getting into our heads and Rael says it was so real. And then she realizes, wait a minute, Scylla, Scylla got me out of there. So she looks at her and goes, how did you get out? And Scylla just kind of looks away. It's real awkward for a second. And Rael gets the gist and says, you've used this working before. And Scylla chooses to add on to the end on a larger scale. <laughs> so <laughs> she could have just like, yes, I have. But no, she's like, yeah, I, instead of killing like six people, I killed thousands. So Priscilla's little face when like when Rail asked that, she's like, I really don't want to tell you this, but she still does. So this whole episode is there's so many sad Scylla moments that I would like to riot. Yeah. But yeah, basically. <sighs> Rail kind of moves past that because she doesn't have time to deal with anything. And never, no. Never. It says, well, if Tally and Abigail are caught up in this, we need to get to them. So they run off to find 
Tally and Abigail, and that's Rael's delusion. It sure is. Thank freaking the goddess that Scylla Ramshorn was there. I mean, yes, that's our energy the whole show. <laughs> but yeah, like again, Scylla's being the hero and saving everybody's ass. So it's just, a, it's a theme always in the show. She's just, she is a hero. And even admitting the reason she can save her ass is because she used the same working to, to commit a terrorist act. So really, it was useful information she picked up. Exactly. Again, knowing dangerous women pays off at the end, Rail. Just accept it. So after that, we then shoot on over from Jesus Rail's delusion. This one, this one picks the cake. <laughs> the gayest dream ever and the thing that just made the season two trailer super exciting. So we finally, finally get to that. And Tally's walking. She hears the bats ringing overhead. She's like, fuck these bats. She starts walking. Her like, then she notices like underfoot, it, there's creaking. And she's like, why is there creaking? I'm in a fucking forest. And so she looks down and there's this like wooden panel that's like elaborately decorated. And she's like, this is what the, what? And then all of a sudden the room changes to Alder's office. It's dark as fuck. And like the lighting and colors are so weirdly muted. In this scene, I have no interpretation of that, but if anyone else does, let me know. But anyway, everything's very muted. And she's looking at this floorboard and Sarah Alder, hair down, slinging whiskey. It's just at her desk. Like, don't worry about that, Tally. Look at me. I love (laughs) the music in this scene. Let me just say that. The romantic music in the background. Mm -hmm. It's Alder. Alder loves civilian music and Tally. And so she's making this romantic as fuck. And remember, this is Tally's brain and Ornicta's interpretation of Tally's brain. Either way, it tracks. And so Alder is like, listen, I summoned you to talk about your behavior. And it's like teacher-student vibes and it gets really weird. <laughs> and Tally straightens I'm her uniform. I'm sorry, but this is the beginning of a porn. It's the best. <laughs> straightens her uniform like, yes, ma'am, I'm so sorry for whatever it is that I did. How can I make it up to you? And Alder- I'll take 20 lashes. <laughs> right. Right. Where is this going? Is this Catholic school? And then Alder is like, listen, she starts telling Tally all these things she wants to hear. So this is like fantasy Alder telling Tally, listen, like speaking your mind is good. It's unique. I low key respect that about you. And it's like affirmation that like Alder respects her. And that's really what Tally has wanted this whole time. And then she's like, oh, uh, Thanks. And then as after Alder delivers all of this, like, yeah, you're the best thing ever. You're my favorite 18 year old. Alder then stalks around the desk towards Tally. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're my favorite 18 year old. That is. Listen, that's what this is. Listen. Is she not 18? She's 18. Can and I? Where's the can lie? I excuse myself? <laughs> I'm keeping it real. Nothing. I, I got nothing on the age, dif- age difference here. So Alder is stalking around the desk towards Tally. And she's like, I've had many biddies. And so we're back to biddy talk. And none were like you. Our connection was so unique and powerful and not easily broken. And then they get close. Like, so fucking close. And Tally is just like breathing in Alder. And it's really weird. And then she's like, Wait, where the fuck are the biddies? It's like the first time ever you see Alder without her biddies, and it's just her and Tally, and Tally's like, why are we alone right now? 
And then Alder starts tracing Tally's face from brow to jaw because this is Tally's fantasy run wild of like Alder. So Tally has some things to work through <laughs> in her sexuality Which is my takeaway. Funny that they this wasn't even a part of the scene, except Lynn asked the director, Hey, can I do this? Can I be gay? And the director was like, Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Yes. So, but like legit, this is we Tally again grew up on the matrifocal compound, has no experience with romance. So Tally has some things to work through when it comes to her sexuality. That's what I'm getting from this. Mm-hmm. And also she's into powerful women. Like, I get it, Tally. Like, it's attractive. And so it's just the gayest scene ever. And then they start talking about the mutual feelings that they had together. Like it just keeps going. And all this like severing our connection was such a mistake. And Tally's like eat, soaking this shit up and like falling into whatever Alder's talking about. And then Alder does a 180. It's like, but now you're going to rejoin the biddies. And Tally, Tally is like broken from the sapphic spell and is like, what? I thought we were going to make out. What are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the music takes a hard left and they're in the warding circle. And the biddies are, well, actually, they're not yet. The biddies surround Tally and like pile on top of her. And then all of a sudden, they're in the warding circle and she's back in that chair where Isadora did like the biddy experiment. And she's being tied to this chair. Like, they're going to re-biddy her. And Alder's like, she's like, don't worry. This is what you wanted. Like, you want to be me. You want to be my biddy. You want us to be connected again. This is what you wanted. And then uh, before Tally can, like, grapple with the fuck's happening, Rael cuts in and Scylla from, like, IRL. And they're like, listen, we're here. This is bullshit. Like, deal with your sexuality later. Just wake out of this dream. And they... We cut to, like, real life in the forest floor and, like, Rail and Silver are there stopping Tally from strangling herself. And they're like, great. Another one saved. Thanks, Scylla, for being a hero. And then they all notice three tornadoes brewing in the distance and they're like, oh, fuck Abigail. And they, like, run towards it. But not actually fuck Abigail because it's not on anyone's agenda today. No, it was just like, oh, yeah, Abigail. Yeah. What the fuck is she doing in her weird delusion? Delusion. <laughs> bringing tornadoes into the world of course she is uh, and that's how Talder was born <sighs> that's beautiful I, I get it i get it listen the age difference wow that whole it. scene just you can't sit through that scene without having every yeah, every gay thing in your body explode it's great so love it Tally has some things to work through. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, that does. was her. That was her brain. Like her brain was like not just like Alder, my idol. It's like the sexiest version of Sarah Alder ever. Like her hair didn't need to be down. She didn't need to be drinking whiskey and listening to music that was like romantic in front of a fire. That was all Tally's brain. Is all I'm saying. Without so, any biddies around, were, she was like, I want to be alone with Alder with no biddies. That's like mm-hmm. Tally's fantasy. Regardless of how they played that scene, that was how Tally conjured that image. I kind of want to see what happened if they didn't, if she didn't pull the bitty thing. We all but, hey, did. Whatever. We all wanted to see where that was going. Even Tally. Tally was like, yes, I'm into this. And then Ollie's and like, now let's no. bitty ourselves. Ollie's <laughs> <And Tally's> like, <laughs> like, why? Yeah. my dream. This is going in the wrong direction. <laughs> what a way to go, Tally. Death by Alder. Death by Alder. But so, uh, yeah, so we're going to go over to Abigail, which is a much less gay dream. Ugh, I know. <sighs> so is. Abigail is with her family, showing them that she can braid tornadoes together like Jim, who would be proud of her, according to 
Petra. Yeah. Until, you know, she loses control of the tornadoes. So they unbraid, they get further apart, and the tornadoes are getting way too close to her family. So her whole family's there. You've got Petra, you've got um, all the dads, the grandma. They're all, like, watching her try to be Jim Bellwether. And at this point, Abigail's floating in the air in real life, not in her, you know, she's just like up there floating in the air in her delusion. And basically the, they get to her and they try to pull her down, Tally and Rael, and Scylla runs towards the tornadoes. Hero. <laughs> and she's just like, all right, you guys need to snap her out of this. <laughs> Immediately like, get on it. And in the delusion, we're back in the delusion. Abigail gives up trying to control the tornadoes at all and turns around to see that she's killed all of her family with these tornadoes. So Petra's been impaled by a huge branch, which is the first thing she sees and is pretty shocking. Um, and then she kind of gets a glimpse of every other family member dead laying in crumpled in a crumpled position so Rael and tally are outside the delusion pulling on her trying to wake her up back in the delusion abigail drops to her knees holding her arms out to kind of just welcome the tornadoes because at this point she's like all right just kill me i've killed my family so yeah. i've done the biggest fail ever but <clears throat> in Real life, she's also dropped to her knees and Rael slaps her and calls her shitbird and tells her to pull herself together, which is what I would have done. <laughs> but that doesn't do the trick. So Tally, you know, takes her shot and gets her, puts her hands on Abigail's face and demands that she like, just look at me. Now, what is your name, soldier? And that's what gets Abigail to finally kind of snap out of it. And she says, I'm Abigail Bellwether. And the storms subside. But during this entire time, who is out there between them and the tornadoes doing wind shear to keep the debris from hitting them? The real hero of all of this. So uh, <laughs> Big Witch Energy Rams Horns saving everyone's ass, as always. As always. So not only is she directing them to wake Abigail the fuck up, right. she's putting herself between the storms and the unit. She's a hero. Get her a medal. Seriously. Where's the Medal of Honor for this mission? Where's always? the Medal of Honor? Give it to her. Uh, so... <clears throat> Abigail snaps out of it and she asks what happens and what happened is Scylla just saved all y'all's asses. Yes. Again. But Tally opts for Nick to push us. And Abigail says that she could have killed them all. And yes, you could have, but Hey, Scylla was there. And Rael points out that <laughs> she didn't kill them because she finally listened to somebody else for once. And this is said jokingly, but also is Facts. a very honest thing. And I think Abigail just kind of laughs a little bit and goes with it. And then Abigail says, takes over back in her I'm the leader role and says we should find the strike team and regroup. <sighs> and then find Nicta before she tries something else. Tally, who does not have the brain cell, <laughs> a 
asks what more Nicta could throw at them that was worse than this. And Scylla, not too subtly, walks up and says, you don't want to find out. So we I better mean, go get this taken care of. I want to find out, but they don't because they're 18. Very, very different uh, situations. Correct. Ma'am. So that ends that scene. They go off to find Nicta and the strike or the strike team and then Nicta. Well, so. yeah. So they go back into the woods that apparently they're experts at navigating and they come across the rest of the strike team and they're like all straight up dead. And so Rail's like, well, that's the worst. But hey, good thing we brought Scylla because that's why we're all alive because she saved mm-hmm. us. And like, thank you, Rail. Give Scylla the Medal of Honor, please. And so they're like, all right, guess we're on our own. So they keep going. And the ringing from earlier is still happening overhead. And as they're walking, like they, they, the, the unit, not Scylla, the unit starts getting more like on edge with each other and like bickering. And as they're, that's happening, Scylla comments that like the work Nick does doing takes a lot of energy and it's a localized type of work. So like she has to be nearby for this to be working with all these delusions. But like everyone's on edge and no one's listening to Scylla who has the brain cell and rail is like snarky and is like, you know, that wouldn't you spree girl. And like, marches and marches away and poor Scylla, like for the first time, her mental fortitude slips. And I think this was her downfall because she was warding off that mental magic until this happened. And like this comment really gets to her because it's so like off guard and filled with like this undercurrent of hatred that it actually gets to Scylla. And it's like, wow, okay. You were just praising me for saving your ass like two minutes ago. And like now I'm like nothing but a whatever, a spree girl. And like, yeah, Scylla like gets all crushed by herself as the other ones walk away. So I think this was the slip in mental fortitude that Scylla's downfall. And I also think that this hits her so hard because the answer to the question of what would Scylla's delusion be is Scylla hurting Rael. And so I think this that, that situation, not only would it hit her just normally, it would also hit her because she did get herself out of that delusion and the delusion would have been her hurting Rael. Uh, right. According to Miss Amalia. Scylla's basically living her own delusion right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but so like now Scylla's uh, mental fortitude is down. So she's susceptible to the work happening overhead. And then they keep going and Tally almost gets like taken out by a bat, like a, the the animal. And she's like, I fucking hate these damn bats. <laughs> and this sparks this giant argument with the unit and it ends with Scylla being like, shut the fuck up. There's a cabin over there. And so <laughs> I wish she'd actually said that. <laughs> that's, that was, that was Scylla's energy. And, and Tally's like, Oh, cool. And she tries to see inside of it with her magic, but she can't because Nick does a genius. And so Abigail's like, whatever, fuck it. We're just going to go inside. And so, cause Abigail's the worst. And so they maneuver, maneuver which they the actors ran into each other a lot during that scene by the way 
It's nobody has a brain cell except Scylla right now, and it shows. And so they maneuver, quote unquote, to this cabin. And then as they're at the on the porch, Scylla whispers, because she has the brain cell, hey, let's go around back and see if anyone's in there. Because, like, Nick is more powerful than all of us. Maybe she's in here and we're about to get fucked. And Abigail's like, listen, bitch, I'm in charge. Sit down. We're just, we're going to do this my way and have no plan. And then they wind strike the cabin door and walk in. Well, not only that, she yells it. <laughs> That's because they're all, nobody has a brain cell except Scylla. Even Scylla under this influence of Nicta is like, still has the brain cell. Jesus. There we go. Uh, That takes us inside the cabin where Tally and Abigail (laughs) immediately go to check the parts of the cabin that we can't see. And, you know, which is important because you got to see if anybody's in there and they scream clear. Oh, okay. And uh, Rael just kind of stares at the dead woman hanging from the ropes, which was the same was with the woman that we saw killed to try to get to Alder when Tally threw a wind strike at the bad biddy. And then Scylla notices Jonas and goes towards him and his freaking mouth and chin are melted off and has all this dry or i'm sorry cooled metal pooled all over his front uh tally says that this is where she did it meaning this is where nicta tried to kill alder by sacrificing spree members and Scylla's over there talking out loud about how she told jonas not to go through with it it wasn't their fight anymore but abigail takes this opportunity to chime in and say he was spree and he got what was coming to him, and so will you. Not acknowledging the fact that you would be dead about three times over if it wasn't for Scylla at this point. Yeah, and it's like, I think this emotion over Jonas is what ultimately broke Scylla and made her fully Mm -hmm. susceptible to this. Absolutely. So, Scylla just looks back at Abigail, and Rael jumps in to defend her wife by saying... We wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for her pointing out the obvious thing. And then Abigail responds that Raelle wouldn't be alive if she and Adil didn't get her out of that Camarilla lab. And it's like, excuse me, Abigail Bellwether. That is the biggest pack of bullshit I have heard. So, yep. No, 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 no. But Raelle is like not having it. So she says, no, you weren't there for me. You just swooped in at the end and tried to take all the credit. So at least somebody's freaking telling her that like the real story now, instead of her delusional retelling of it. (sighs) Oh, Abigail stresses me out in this episode so much. Um, But basically, Raelle ends it by saying, which is a typical bellwether, and I agree, because it's a very bellwether trait. And Tally tries to get them to stop because somehow she's immune to the what's going on. Like, did Scylla temporarily transfer the brain cell over? I think Tally's just... I mean, it's Tally being delusional where she doesn't care that her, like, sisters are fighting. That's her de- That's her being the opposite. So she's like, fuck it, whatever, kill each other, bye. Yeah, so Rail tells her to stop whining and then goes back to telling Abigail off uh, 
about trying to tell everyone how cool it is to be a bellwether. And Abigail goes goes in with a low blow and talks about how Rael's name was worthless even before Willa joined the spree. And it took a bunch of fungus to make her stand out. And Rael just thinks that Abigail's still jealous about the whole witch bomb thing. And Abigail's like, no, I feel sorry for you because that's all you have. And no wonder your mom abandoned you. And that's the point where Tally's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and like grabs onto both of them. And it's like, guys, snap out of it. Like, this is just, this is, this is just mean. You're, you don't mean this, you know, typical. And then they're both like, uh, get a, stay out of it, Tally. Like, stop tired of your, what does Abigail say? I'm tired of your paddling peacemaker bullshit. I have no idea. That sounds right. Yeah, I think that's that's think pretty that's much right. pretty much verbatim. Yeah. But um So Abigail is not willing to stop being a bitch uh, because she ignores Tally and <laughs> Rael ignores Tally too and says, "Well, Willa lo- that her mom loved her and she died for her, but the only thing Petra cares about is Abigail's womb." So <laughs> there you go. Your mom doesn't even love you, but mine did is basically the gist of that. And Tally tries one more time, and and then she's like, fuck you guys, I'm going to go do this by myself, which is very untally. So she leaves, and before, like, before she actually leaves, I think, that's when Scylla decides it's time to take a jab, <laughs> finally, at Abigail. It says, uh, or because Abigail calls Tally self-absorbed, and that's when Scylla is like, uh, says the most self-absorbed person on the planet. And is it not true? It is true. These are facts. These are facts, but uh, since it's Scylla, Abigail foregoes insulting her back and just starts with a punch. <laughs> Scylla blocks the punch and they start to fight when Rael joins in, and that's when Tally says, Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> just leaves the cabin. Outside, Tally takes a deep breath and then walks on uh, by herself, which is okay, delusion girl. Just go out in the forest where Nikta is by herself. Uh, she like looks like she's having a fever dream. And then she kind of sees that she sees red light, like you like the same kind of red flickering streamy light that connected the bad bitty to alder but it's in the it's amongst the bats so she says out loud she's using the bats meaning nicta and then nicta dramatically steps out from behind a tree and says boo <laughs> yes an all black top tier gay drama <laughs> love you nicta never change <sighs> Uh, so Tally immediately tries to use her scourge against Nicta, but Nicta catches the end of it and just throws, like pulls it out of her hand and throws it away. And then she looks back at Tally and like moves her hand and she's like, ouch, such a mocking Tally's non-skill with the scourge, <laughs> comparatively speaking. And that's how that ends. Tally just wanders off into trouble. Yes. So while Nicta and Tally are facing off in the woods, Abigail and Rail are still fighting in the cabin. And there's bats circling around the captain and the cabin overhead because Nicta's a genius and that's what's like perpetuating this weirdness. 
And so Scylla tries to cut in with this dig at army sisterhood. She's like, wow, this is what it's all about. You guys are pathetic. Thank God I'm not doing this. And this is really Scylla just like projecting her feelings because honestly, she has no sisters or friends, which hurts. So she's just like, you know, projecting and trying to lash at them by the thing she doesn't have. And Rael hears this and turns on her and calls her a murderer. And it's like, chill girl, no big deal. Like, leave her alone. And Scylla is like, well, whatever. At least I'm someone who stands up for what I believe in. And I'm not Alder's puppet, which ding, ding, ding. Yes. And I know Rael is deep down not happy about that, but it's the truth. And she hates this truth. And she's like, I should have strangled you in your sleep. And it's like, girl, she'd be into that. So check yourself. Yeah. like <laughs> Check yourself. But everyone sh- everyone either talks about or tries to strangle Scylla. So. Scylla's always getting strangled. She's into it. Like, leave her alone. <laughs> and Abigail, like, laughs. Don't shame your wife, Rael. <laughs> Abigail laughs like it's her birthday in the corner. And <laughs> Rael lunges at Scylla, and we hard cut out of the cabin. I want to see that fight, though. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we never see that. And we're back to Nicta and Tally in the woods. And Nicta is in control of this whole situation, which is wonderful. And she's being all dramatic in her black robes and she's stalking towards Tally. And Tally understands that Nicta has all the power and is like rightfully backing away from her. And so Tally like throws a Hail Mary out there. She's like, listen, Nicta, who's in control of the situation, I'm not here to kill you. It's fine. And Nicta shakes her head and she's like, wow, well, I'm so relieved to hear that because I'm so scared of you. If you haven't noticed, I'm the most powerful witch here. So why the fuck would I care? And she's like, listen, cadet, you're brave. I'll give you that. And Alder must be so proud of you. You should be careful with that. And this is Nicta essentially projecting her life onto Tally because truly they share a lot of parallels. And there's obviously jealous ex-girlfriend vibes happening here. But um, like, I think from Nick's perspective, she's like, I get that you're special and like you're you're unique to Alder because you were there when I attacked her and I saw you through my bitty. And you were in that warding circle where like only where Alder only puts her like trusted people. So like you must be her new golden girl like I used to be. And so I think Nick is kind of like trying to warn Tally a little bit here, but she's also like mad at the same time because like this is what happened to her and she's like you're just another one all they're still doing on her bullshit doing this with like new talented cadets and so she's kind of like she's gonna betray you and break your heart tally you better be careful and uh before she's your villain origin story you should get out of this and tally's kind of like listening to this but she's like still very scared and like circling nicta because again nick doesn't control and she's keeping the distance here and she's like uh-huh sure um well again i'm not here to hurt you or kill you i'm just want to take you back to fort salem and nicta in this moment doesn't cackle like a villain but i think she wants to and she's like girl how are you gonna take me back to fort salem like i'm the one in control of all of this and then she does i love this move she does this little stutter step towards tally to like gauge who like to prove I'm in control. Like she stutter steps towards her and Tally, Tally like backs away real quick. And she's like, yeah, exactly. I'm in control. And ma'am, control and talent, very attractive qualities. This is, this is literally why she's my fave. And Tally is obviously scared because she should be. And it's like, listen, my unit's here. They're going to help me. And Nikta looks at her bats. Like they're having a silent conversation, like a check-in. And Nikta's like, mm, yeah, they're trying to kill each other in my cabin right now. I don't know about that. And Tally pleads, like, listen, let let them go. Like, 
if, if you just just come with me, just like just you and me, like I'm not going to hurt you. Just come with me. Like you'll be given a trial. You're going to be treated fairly. You can finally, finally clear your name and tell your story and like tell the world what Alder did and let that out into the world forever. Like that's what you want, isn't it? And Nicta stops pacing at this and is like, you're the sweet one. I get that now. And that sight you have is this new shiny toy for Alder. And it's a, it's a shame I'm going to have to snuff that out. But then as Nikta like tries to go on the offensive, she like wavers because like the magic that Scylla talked about does take a toll and it starts like manifesting here and Nikta like is being drained of all this power, maintaining the fight that's happening in the cabin. And Tally, of course, notices and calls Nikta out on her bullshit. And is like, listen, if you're going to kill me, you would have already killed me. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So I get the fact that you can't kill me unless you release my unit because it's draining you. And Nikta's like caught me but then attacks tally anyway because she's necked and you gotta love her for that and we oh her. yeah absolutely the whole interaction was just a not it was so cute but it, i mean like it's dire life and death stuff but it's cute yeah it's awesome i mean it's like <laughs> they're basically walking i mean tally's basically about to walk down nicta's path with all this alder stuff and nicta's like you're naive to think she's not using you she's definitely using you you've seen my story mm-hmm. like get out while you still can kind of thing don't so, make the it. same mistake. it's just it's the to- it's the gayest thing ever like I uh it. i dated her before you don't do it <laughs> this is your warning Oh, here we are. Um, here we are. Back in the cabin. Uh, so <clears throat> the three, the, the three, these three goobers come to, um, and Scylla says that Nicta released them, but she doesn't know why. Then they hear a scream and they run outside. But Scylla, who, you know, as we've said 93 times, has the brain cell. And says that it could be Nicta messing with them. But Rael's willing to risk it because if it's Tally, she's got to do it. So we see, we switch the scene and we see Tally falling on the ground and grabbing a rock. And that's when we go back to the others running in the forest and Abigail, they stop because they're trying to figure out which direction to go in. And for the freaking first time, Abigail admits that maybe Scylla was right. Dang. (laughs) Like it must've hurt her or it just came out of her mouth before she thought about it because maybe, maybe Scylla was right. And she's tricking them. Nikta is tricking them, but they hear another scream and run off <clears throat> in the direction that they heard it from. And they see Tally holding a rock with blood dripping off of it. And they all hug and um, not they all, but Abigail and Rail hug her. And we see like Nicta, who's obviously been hit on the head with the rock and is passed out. And Scylla starts to go over and put the silencer on her, but Tally wants to do it. So Scylla zip ties her hands instead, and Nicta uh, starts to wake up and starts screaming, but the silencer won't let the sound come out. And I'd also like to point out the slightly funny blooper of when they're running towards Tally, Ashley trips and laughs and <laughs> it just kind of breaks the scene a little bit. So look out for that. If you haven't noticed it, 
it's just a little funny moment. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they catch up to Tally and Nicta with air quotes. Here we go. Suddenly, it's nighttime. Well, how much? Ta- how far did they walk through the forest with with Nicta in air quotes? Was Nicta controlling time? Is my question. Like, Obviously, <laughs> they strangle Nicta or whatever with that collar, and then they're like, "Cool, let's walk you to the bat." And it's suddenly it's the middle of the night. I don't get this, but sure. Well, so. they went the long way because they wanted to take the scenic route <laughs> through the non-Massachusetts forest. They went by way of Canada. Is what happened. <laughs> I guess. I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's apparently it's nighttime and they're still getting out of these woods that are endless, I, said, I guess. Wow, time flies when you're having fun in the forest. I guess. I don't know. It's nighttime. And like Tally and Abigail are like manhandling Nectar and taking her to the bat. And it's a blue light scene, I think is really what they wanted, because it's a necrosilla heavy scene, is what they're going for, but okay, whatever. Disbelief suspended. And the other two and Nicta like fuck off towards the bat and like Rael and Scylla are like lagging behind because Rael's like listen we need to talk I have lots of guilt and she apologizes for all the mean fucked up shit she said in the cabin and Scylla stops this and is like listen like it was magic nothing nothing that said matters and like this is Scylla who's had the brain cell the whole time Scylla who's like pulled herself out of this narrative who like gets the bigger picture here and she's like really like a worked argument in a cabin that was meant to prey on our emotions and make us be ugly to each other it ultimately in the grand scheme of things it literally doesn't matter like it's fine like we have shit to work through i get it it's not going to be solved with a sandwich like it's fine and i don't think rail was expecting this she was just like oh okay you're a mature adult okay and Scylla's like, they're like kind of like hovering and stalling. And Scylla's like, listen, you know, I can't back with you. So it's like so much for I'm not walking away from you ever again. I don't get that line. I hate it so much. Like, good Lord, don't write this. I'm not walking away from you, but I'm going to walk away from you. It's <laughs> like, who wrote this? It's homophobic, but whatever. So Scylla's like, I obviously can't go with you, even though I told you I was going to go with you. And it hits real that like the fairy tale is ending. Um with this dream, uh, whatever she's having, where Scylla exists, is going to end. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, like, what are you going to do if you can't come back to, like, Fort Salem? And Scylla mentions, well, there's this little witch named Tiffany who's super cute and basically is living my life right now. And so I want to get her somewhere safe because she's parentless and find her a new family. And I just never got the chance to do that because your ass got kidnapped and I had to go after you. And Rael's like, oh, that's good. That's, like, not murdering. So <laughs> that's great. You have a heart. Um, yeah, they're having this conversation and me the whole time sitting over here going, just kiss! <laughs> but, like, so Rael's like, maybe, like, a Dodger family would be good to her. And, like, dang, they're sharing a brain cell. And so I was like, yeah, yeah like, that's exactly what I was going to do. Glad to see you were. Gotta say we're on the same page. And Rail keeps prodding. And she's like, mm-hmm. And so after you find T- Tiffany and Foster family, what are you going to do after that? Because that takes like an hour. <laughs> what are you going to do the rest <laughs> of the time? <laughs> and so it's like, well, I, you know, my priorities have shifted, like I said. And so I'm going to continue to fight what 
for what I believe in. I'm going to continue what your mama and I started and take down the Camarilla so they don't put any more of us in cages. Like, that's what I care about. And there's so much like conviction and passion behind what she's saying. And I think this is like the first time Rahel really heard that from Scylla in a sincere way. Like, this is sincerely what she believes and she's being honest about it. Like, and I'm going to go do it. And I think that like, Strikes a core with Rael a little bit. And then Rael has the audacity to do the meanest thing ever. Ah! And she, she fucking flutters her eyes and like steps into Scylla's face. And little baby neck girl is like, oh, my hopes are up. Glad I wore my feather necklace. And then fucking Rael runs away, leaving Rael, leaving Scylla like all crushed and disappointed. She's like, oh, well, I guess we're not there yet. Rael slapped us all in the face. <sighs> That was also Laura Neal wrote that scene. And so <laughs> it's just mean. And um, Rail like fucks on over to join Nikta and the rest of the unit. And Nikta's being like loaded into the helicopter. And Tally and Abigail like come back to talk to, I guess, say farewell to Scylla. I don't know. But they come back. And Tally, who's acting weird because it's Nikta playing Tally, which is amazing. <laughs> god they're so good <laughs> this is also why i love nikta nikta also has the audacity as tally to thank so because she's like listen so cool. i quite literally could not have done this without you because it's true nikta capitalized on Scylla's expertise to get herself in this exact position where she's the golden girl about to go see alder so yeah, Nikta actually had the brain cell the whole time, the biggest brain cell. So here we are. Good job, Nikta. Well done. Yeah, Nikta was it. playing the, was basically, here's the deal. So you had Scylla, whose only mission was to get Rael to take her back, who's not playing the chess game with Nikta. She's just there for Rael. And then Nikta's like, well, mm, just freaking checkmate. And so that was basically what that was about. Yeah, I mean, Nikta has been playing the long game for years, and uh, here's the payoff. So I love that line because Nikta's like, yeah, girl, like literally couldn't have done this without you. Like, thanks. And it's great. And then weirdly, Abigail agrees with this. And finally says th- as an actual like, like, Nick, like Tally as Nikta is not is being sincere, but not really. Um, in her double speak, but like Abigail sincerely agrees with this, and it's like thank you to Scylla. And Scylla doesn't gloat. Scylla isn't an asshole, which is what Abigail would have done. Scylla very sincerely is like, "You're welcome. You're very welcome." And Rail hears all of this because this is Scylla's mission, and it's like, "I need a minute alone with Scylla now." <laughs> and so. <laughs> slash Tally who totally ships them is like yeah be gay do crime let's go Bellwether and they go back to the bed and then Rael U-Hauls super hard by offering her father's house without asking him as a refuge <laughs> for Scylla and little Tiffany in the session and she's like yeah girl you can hang out you can eat pancakes my dad will do whatever like I didn't ask him yet but he'll be fine with it and besides like you know I know where I can find you if you're at my dad's house Sleeping in my bed. Right. Wearing my clothes for once. I was wearing your clothes. Like, it's only fair. And Rail's like, cool. So there's our plan. Finger guns. And she walks away. But this time, she hesitates. Like, she's staring at the bat. Scylla's behind her, like, being sad. Like, God damn it again. And has this moment where she's like, you know, 
I chose to walk away from you in the dungeon. I've come to realize just how short life is and the way you can get fucked over at any moment. And like, here's this opportunity to be like, we may never see each other again, like on all reality, because Alder keeps sending me on these suicide missions. So I need to like carpe diem this shit. And like, as a wise woman once said, the beauty of relationships is how you guys reunite. And so Raelle is like, fuck it. And turns around and like makes out with Scylla super hard. And Scylla is super cute. Like she can't believe this is happening. And is like, oh, finally. Like, okay, the hope is real. <laughs> we can make this work. Maybe if we live. Didn't wear my best bandana for nothing. No, her gay outfit. Like mission accomplished. That's Scylla is like mission accomplished. We are reuniting. It is beautiful. This is what relationships are all about. Thank you, wise woman. And... Then Rail's like, stay safe because this is motherland. (laughs) Don't die. (laughs) Basically, don't die. (laughs) And so Scylla's like, yeah, uh, you too, because she can't believe what's happening. And Rail fucks off back to the bat to get with the unit slash Nicta. And Scylla does this cute little wave. It is adorable. (laughs) It's so cute. And then she about faces (laughs) into the woods. Listen, Scylla goes into the woods and does what? Where does she go? She doesn't know these woods. She's got a secret broomstick. Where is she she going? She doesn't know these woods. (laughs) Where is she going? She's got a map in her head. (laughs) Dropped her off by like a main road. She's like, no. I got this. Suddenly, I know how to navigate woods. What the uh, fuck was that? Where did she go, Amalia? What was she doing? They're like, hi, um, you can't really get on the bat because uh, we need this scene to end here. So you're just going to walk into the, like, we're just going to leave you. This is like a fucking episode of Alone. But like, <laughs> no, like, we didn't even get there. So we didn't have the conversation of like, hey, can I hitchhike to the main road? Mm-hmm. It's more like, yep, I got this. And she confidently walks into the woods. Like, she knew what she was doing. She doesn't know what she's doing. The army dropped her off there. She doesn't know these woods. <laughs> I love that scene. It's just like, where, where is she going? It's so bizarre. Where is she going? And she's so confident about it. I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. So, like, good luck, Stella. I hope you know what you're doing. I have questions. How did you get back? No, my headcanon is that this is where she runs into Morgan the bird. Because she uh-huh. doesn't know where the fuck she is. And then she's just, like, getting lost in these woods, like, muttering to herself. And eventually this bird, fi- like, keeps seeing her. And then they have a conversation. That's how they become friends. And he gets her out of the woods. Because she doesn't know how to navigate these woods. She doesn't. She's not a Girl Scout. What is she doing in these woods? She's never been to Canada. She doesn't know where they are. There's no way she got out of those woods by herself. I think she ran into the Morrigan, the bird, and he helped get her out because he has the bird's eye view. He's like, the road is that way. Keep going that way. Yeah, just. He got her out of the woods. And then she's like, let's be friends. (laughs) You saved my life. Hey, you want to go to the session? Yeah, hey, do you want to get to the session? The bird's like, And that's how that happened. Because she doesn't know those woods. What was that about? (laughs) It's nighttime. It's even worse. (laughs) I mean, wander the woods at night randomly. I mean, like, maybe she went back to the cabin with the dead bodies and found a map. (laughs) Right. She's like, hey, dead spree girl. Tell me how to get the fuck out of here. Hey, she's a necromancer. 
Necro, she can talk to the dead. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> My head came she found the bird. The bird got her out of there. Because, like, she doesn't, she got lost in those woods. Like, let's keep it 100. She doesn't know where she is. No. Well, that my- was also, like Rail kissed me. I don't know what's going on, Swagger. Yeah. And then the bat leaves and she's like, fuck, I don't know where I <laughs> You know, fuck. really, she and probably would is drunk. She, Rael took her brain cell she by kissing her. Yes. And she's walking around Facts. drunk in this forest and just dies there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until the bird's like, girl, I, you need to get out of here. You know, this- yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's what Solo was doing off screen. Yeah. Solo was wandering around until Morgan found her. Right, keep it one hundred. She doesn't. She doesn't know those woods. <sighs> well, back in the bat, back we've got Rayo watching the spot where Scylla disappeared to go drunkenly wander off because she's drunk on gay kisses, and with her tiny bisexual ass is just wandering around the forest, and Abigail. decides to have a real talk for once and says that she hates what she said to her in that cabin. So once Scylla's gone, Abigail gains some fucking sense back. And Rael says that she hates that she tried to kill Abigail and expresses that they both, you know, you know, we kind of both have thought these things that we said in that cabin, but we're sisters and that wins out in the end every time. And she puts her hand on Abigail's and then they share a moment and then both look at Tally who they expect to just automatically join in because Tally's always watching them in these moments where they're being emotional and shit and is like drinking that up. But since Tally isn't really Tally, (laughs) she, she finally tunes in and is like, we're together and that's what matters because that's Nicta's version of what Tally would say. So that makes Nicta slash Tally kind of go batty in, in her seat and start yelling through her silencer. And then we cut to when they arrive at Fort Salem and emerge with Nicta slash Tally, which surprises the hell out of Alder because she thought they were going to kill her. So the biddies all hiss. And Tally slash Nicta walks up and is like, this is getting a little medieval. <laughs> so Nicta looks, Nicta slash Tally looks scared this whole time. And Petra uh, kind of reminds Alder is like, hey, you've got an audience. And then Alder looks at Anacostia to check in with her and be like, um, the fuck did you know about this? And Anacostia's like, I know nothing. Like, this is not my thing. This is a surprise to me. So Alder starts to give her speech about this is a momentous occasion and everyone starts stomping. So they've captured the leader of the spree and Nicta will pay for her crimes. Everybody's stomping except for Tally slash Nicta. Which Rael notices. And then Alder takes a step back and reminds Petra that this is still her army. And Petra shouldn't get too comfortable with her coup operation yet. And then Abigail and Riel both look at Tally, who's not stomping, and then look at each other a few times before Tally slash Nicta says, the only one who's going to pay is you. And this is directed at Alder. And then she reaches for her scourge and goes forward to try to attack 
Alder, but Abigail whips her scourge out and flicks it around Tally slash Nicta's neck and pulls her to the ground. She struggles, but other soldiers rush forward and they all restrain her. And then Anacostia comes forward while <clears throat> Tally slash Nicta is struggling and screaming and then burns her face with a lighter to reveal Nicta. So they leave Nicta with the soldiers and run over to Tally, who is in Nicta's clothing and her face has gone back to normal now. Somehow, I guess, just because since they switched, it switched back. And they free her, and then Alder approaches Nikta, and Nikta says, Hello, Sarah. You're looking surprisingly well. And that's the end. I must say, I absolutely love the way when Nikta's face, well, Tally's face turns into Nikta. The way Alder looks really impressed. Like, mm-hmm. her, initial, her initial expression is impressed that Nikta just mm-hmm. pulled that shit off. I respect that. Yeah. Because it's impressive. Mad respect. Yeah. So. So thanks, Scylla. That's how we got the ending. That's all thanks to yeah. you, girl. Thanks for being Scylla Ramsorn. Scylla Appreciation Day. That's what we did on Twitter earlier. So. In any case. now we're down to the recap we sure are alrighty so Tally pushes Alder's hand to get her unit included on the Nicta raid Scylla and Rael start to talk things through Abigail acts like a dick to Scylla for most of the episode Adil is having issues coming to terms with killing people but he really loves candles Mm mm-hmm Rail's delusion is that her mother hates her and wants to kill her slash abandon her. Tally's delusion is being gay and biddied for life. Uh, Abigail's delusion is losing control and failing her family. Nicta likes bats and bats like to screech. Tally doesn't like bats. Everyone has an unscheduled therapy session that ends in violence. <laughs> Tally's the only one who pieces out of there and goes to find Nikta. Nikta wins their fight, switches their faces slash bodies really fast. <laughs> really fast. Uh, Rael still loves Scylla and can't help but kiss her because she's lesbian Jesus. And it's Easter, so Hydrate lesbian yourself. Jesus rises again. Hydrate yourself, please. Uh, Scylla saves everyone's ass multiple times and gets... Not enough thanks for it. This lady, the Medal of Honor. When they get back, uh, Alder about has an aneurysm seeing Nikta alive and Petra grins like a Cheshire cat. Nikta tries to kill Alder and fails miserably. The end. The point is, Nikta's awesome, which is why she wins Big Witch Energy Award for me. She literally had a bunch of bats just doing her bidding, and she still had the power to fight Tally in the woods and then be like, oh no, I'm so weak, and then get what she wanted in the end anyway. So go, Nicta, and you look like a big-ass dramatic gay while doing it, and I respect you, girl. It's that confidence mixed with the talent. Not everyone has it. You go, girl. So I knew what your answer was going to be. Of course. Because not only is Nikta very powerful, 
She exists. And super gay. Oof. Yes. You're you're a simp for Nikta, so it was hard to do today, I must say, but yes. She but was I nice. as the Scylla simp have have to give it to Scylla because if it wasn't for Scylla, Nikta wouldn't have even had to do any of that. <laughs> Because they would have been dead within like seconds of getting off that freaking helicopter. So I'm going to give it to Scylla for a putting up with Abigail that entire time without like just killing her and B saving everyone's ass deserves a medal of honor. So there you go. It's true. So everybody give us your big witch energy award for this episode. I'm sure there'll be some interesting answers. I hope so. And yeah, so we're almost, uh, we're like two episodes out from the, the end of this season. And then we've got some super special episodes after that. Yes, we do. So plenty to look forward to in the hiatus to come. Yep. Stick with us. Yes. Stick with us and send all hate mail to Lauren Hill, please. Please. Forever. Thank you. Fuck that bitch. All right, cool. <laughs> Just appreciate Elliot is all I'm saying. Appreciate Elliot, yes. Appreciate Elliot. Unless he pulls a Laura Neal at the end, and then I will forever drag the show. But I don't think we're going to get there because he loves it too much. So, you know. Yeah. All the gays lived in this episode. And so. Happy. That's, that's a positive thing. And Nikta got her way, which is what's most important to my sanity. So, you know. It's a little things, guys. And Scylla got her kiss, which is most important to my sanity. Scylla got her kiss. Scylla got her, her, she got a confirmation of hope being real. That's really what yes, it was. Yes, exactly. It wasn't just the kiss. It was the fact that Rail was like, hey, here, come to my house and like live at my dad's house and like I'll take care of you from afar kind of thing. Yep. So move was, in, girl. Get your U-Haul. Yeah, she U-hauled hard, which like Scylla was not expecting. So I think it was a confirmation of like, we have a future, but we uh, like, you know, a, or at least a future in like being in each other's lives kind of thing, but we have things to work through. So I think that's, Scylla wasn't looking for that, but that confirmation I think means a lot to her basically. It means everything to her according to Amalia. Correct. So that was big for her. And the unit survived the, whatever that mission all of a sudden, <laughs> which still baffles me forever because what the <sighs> hell, but okay, sure. Sure. The worst party the in the woods ever. The best 18 year old survived today is all I'm saying. So it's unscheduled therapy in the woods. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, so much therapy is needed. But good job, everyone. You did it. And let's see where it goes from here. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So I think that about covers it. So bye, everybody. Bye bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. And please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes, and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. 
You can find us at all the things Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus. <laughs>